All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in October 11th and opening night is officially in the rearview mirror. Frank Saravalli back in his home after his trip out to watch Connor Bedard's debut. Frank, give me a little general feel on how it was to be covering hockey for a 15th season for you yeah pretty awesome uh great to be back in the flow great to be back in a building and great to watch some meaningful hockey for a change so nothing like jamming in a three uh 305 mile drive this morning to get back home yeah it's been great yeah frank servali running on fumes and it's only day two of the nhl season as always our show brought to you by botano the game starts now at botano.ca and our show frank is going to start with a little talk about Connor Bedard's debut. It's what we started the show with yesterday. So why not dig into what the phenom rookie did in his first NHL game? He gets on the board, picks up an apple on the Hawks' first goal. He racks up five shots on goal as well, and he's probably going to get a little bit of a fine for going no bucket in warm-up. Let's start there. What do you think? Bedard says, I don't care about your rules. I'm not wearing no helmet in my first NHL warm-up. Well, first off, that's not something Connor Bedard would ever say. Uh, his teammates told me afterwards that they, they pushed him to go, uh, without a helmet and warmups that they were like, Hey, look, you only make your debut once in your life. Go for it. Uh, I did check in recently so far. Connor Bedard has not been fine. Uh, I'd imagine that 
it's probably one of those things that's automatic. They just didn't get around to it yet. So I'd expect it to happen, but hasn't happened yet. And yeah, I think just when you consider um, really his personality, that's another thing you get a really good sense of just spending a little bit of time around the team, talking to his teammates yesterday. Uh, he's, he's reverent of the game. He's really respectful, uh, does not, he, there's no hubris. There's no, I'm bigger than this. You know, it's kind of fascinating to see the hoopla that was surrounding him. I'm telling you, if you look at the scrum there, uh, it was Stanley cup final level deep. And there was someone there asking him, how does it feel to have your own place in the pantheon of Chicago sports? And the guy that asked the question mentioned him in the same breath as Michael Jordan, owner of six NBA titles and Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. And you're like, hold on a second here. This kid is 18 and he hasn't even played a single game yet. Handled it with grace and class. And uh, I think he's going to be just fine in that regard. What did you make of his play on the ice? The Hawks get out to a 4-2 win, a nice start to the Connor Bedard era. I thought he had a couple of pretty good moments. There was the one play where he really sort of flexed his release as well. Um, But what did you make of Bedard's debut? I thought he was awesome. And I thought, you know, I I ran into a scout uh, from another team at the end of the first period. I said, what did you think? He goes, "Uh, three shots on goal in the first period and seven attempts. He said, pretty good. Uh, So it wasn't just the attempts. It was really the... Uh, calm that he had with the puck. There's lots of things to figure out that I'm sure he'll pick up in the next number of weeks. You know, patterns are different. The way you cut through the neutral zone, angles of attack are different than they are at other levels, mostly because these guys are so good. And and actually, Taylor Hall and Corey Perry, I was talking to them after the game, and they said, you know, they had to remind him too, like, you're not going to find instant, instant success because these other guys are in the NHL for a reason. So that's been a reminder for him, but I thought it was a phenomenal start the way that he, he led all forwards on both teams at ice time. Uh, maybe the only glaring thing was get a little bit better in the faceoff circle. Yeah. I mean, that feels like something that every one of these kinds of players go through, right? Like that was a thing in Connor McDavid's rookie year. That was a thing in Sidney Crosby's rookie year too, right? Like it, it, it happens. Well, that, and I would also say um, when you look at that opening draw, there's no chance, you know, you throw Connor Bedard out there, all of this attention. Sidney Crosby has been asked about this guy for the last number of weeks. He's 18 years old and he comes in for his first NHL game. It's obvious that Bedard 98 and 87 were going to square off in the first uh, opening faceoff. And you know that Sidney Crosby, you know, on the NHL Mount Rushmore was going to be ready for that opening face-off to try and win it. So uh, you see him snap it back. I kind of just laughed, and I was like, okay, that's uh, Sid sending a message to the kid and essentially saying, welcome to the NHL. He also got that really cool welcome uh, from Kelly Sutherland as he was dropping the puck of, hey, uh, you know, Sid, welcome back for another season. Connor, welcome to the NHL. Uh, Lots of really cool moments, but Sid winning that face-off, it was like chef's kiss of uh that's exactly something Sidney Crosby would try and do and Connor Bedard and the Hawks back in action tonight taking on the Boston Bruins let's move along to some breaking news we got today Frank from the New Jersey Devils there were a handful of coaches heading into this season on the last years of their deals Todd McClellan was one he got locked up now Lindy Ruff as a nice new extension out in New Jersey. A really interesting case of, you know, an old school coach who has really adapted to the new age NHL. And 
a guy who it's pretty remarkable to look back a year ago, the fans were booing him at their home opener and now he's extended and the devils are cup contenders. It's been quite the story. Yeah. It was almost this exact week last year that that was happening. And I love that they apologized to him later. Um, look, this is a, an experienced tenured coach in the NHL. Um, as you mentioned, crossing off the list of guys that are entering the final year of their deal. Uh, Rod Brindamore, I believe is another that's still lingering out there. Uh, you heard Tom Dundon on our show, uh, last year at some point, the Canes owner saying that he'd like to have Rod Brindamore stay and be their coach forever. If that's a possibility. So, um, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I think an important piece of business for the devils to get this done before the season, before there's any questions about it. And I think when you look at how far the team has come, uh, Lindy Ruff has a lot to do with that as well. I think his persona and personality have been really helpful in that regard. Pretty steady guy. You're not going to see any big swings of emotion for him. Uh, definitely a passionate guy. Um, but you know, it's interesting to see how this year unfolds for New Jersey. I look at a lot of the predictions that have been out there. I've seen New Jersey in a bunch of Stanley Cup final predictions. I've seen New Jersey in some cases being picked to win the Stanley Cup. It's a pretty big jump to get from where they were last season to then being a cup winning team. Not to say it can't be done, but I think if you're looking for any sort of peril along the way, you only really have to go across the Hudson River to see the New York Rangers, a team that had gotten to that level and then takes a step back and actually loses to the devil. So I say all the time, you know, progress and and development are not linear. It's not a straight line forward, uh, but the devils are certainly in a great, great place with the core that they have assembled. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, Jack Hughes scoring 60 goals this year is uh, one of my bold predictions. I think he could just absolutely explode, but there are still some flaws with that New Jersey Devils team. Is the goaltending going to be good enough to hold up? What are we going to get? Is their defense deep enough? Yeah, and like last year, they got great performances from guys like Jonas Siegenthaler, who they, I mean, picked up for a mid-round pick. Like, are some of those performances they got on the blue line repeatable? Can they depend on Luke Hughes to be an everyday impact NHL? Or like, there are some questions with this team. It is not a perfect, complete roster. No, and I think losing someone like Damon Severson hurts. I think, um, to me, though, it was a really good sign getting out of training camp that Simon Nemich was not with their roster to start the year because I think he's a really good player, and I think he's he's right there on the cusp. But if they feel like they have guys that can play that role and you don't need him yet, probably a pretty good indication of where they're heading. Yeah, that, that's a really good point as well. They're not rushing anyone in. There is at least a bit of a layer of depth there. Um, let's stick in the Eastern Conference, Frank. Yesterday, we gave our playoff picks for the West. Today, let's dig into what we think is going to play out in the Eastern Conference. And looking at this, a lot of similarities. We both have the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have the same eight teams, right? Yeah, we do have the same eight teams, but just in different orders, I guess. I'm a little bit higher, um, or sorry, not as high on the Boston Bruins as you are. And I think that that, that is kind of one of the main differences here in our boards. Why do you think the Bruins fallback may not be as dramatic as something? So a couple of people that I spoke to around the league, I, you know, I, as I said, uh, I always have my own bold predictions, but I'm always asking people, like, give me the boldest take you have. One GM said the Bruins missed the playoffs. And I was like, how? They can give back 18 wins, 18 whole wins, and still be at 100 points. That's a banana stat. 
So that really kind of sticks out to me. And then I look at their defense core and their goaltending. Their defense is elite. I have it as the third best in the league behind um, only really the Carolina Hurricanes at the very top. The Colorado Avalanche are pretty close to that as well. But the next tier down is is a team like the Bruins uh, with Lindholm and McAvoy and that whole crew. And everywhere I look in the tandem rankings, a lot of people have uh, the Bruins goalies together as a pair as the number one tandem in the league. So for me, um, I just don't see them going very far. They're not going to have a 135-point season. I don't think anyone is this year. Um to say that they can't be a hundred point team still, I mean, to me, I think is short-sighted. Yeah. And, and that's probably a fair point. I have them sneaking in as kind of that final wildcard team in the high nineties. If there is going to be a team who disrupts our consensus eight teams, who do you think it's going to be? Like, I know a lot of people are high on the Ottawa senators this year. Can they get out or can they just find a way to not fumble out of the gates here is are the oh, you mean fumble like having your opening night roster have to dress a player short because you couldn't manage your cap appropriately and oh by the way you have shane pinto and rfa unsigned not because you can't agree on a contract but because you can't pull the trigger and create cap space i mean honestly what situation is worse the fact that they signed other guys and prioritized them over their own rfas or I don't know, the fact that they can't even ice the lineup that they need. Yeah, and that's, at the end of the day, why I didn't have them in. It feels like an incomplete roster. It feels like a roster with just, I mean, the Matthew Joseph thing, right? Like, you have that guy at $3 bucks. Like, there's your Shane Pinto money. Why did you not maybe think this through a little bit better? Travis Hamanick, like, did you, Tarasenko, did you need to sign all these guys? Like, couldn't they have just gone with what they had, which is one reason why I have Buffalo in, Feels like every single thing that Kevin Adams has done has been meticulous. Mm-hmm. And it may not have been perfect, but there's a very clear, cohesive plan. No single person outside of our young players is going to take a spot away from one of our kids. I love that. Mm-hmm. See what you have first. Because a lot of times what teams get themselves into trouble with is trying to bring someone else in that they don't need that ends up just being in the way. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't include Patrick Kane, by the way, because, hey, I think they've got some space on the right side and I think they're going to make a serious push over the next few weeks. That is going to be the dominant story in hockey in two weeks time, three weeks time. Okay, so we both have our consensus eight. Is this going to be one of those years where we're in like January and it's like, all right, we kind of know who the eight teams are in the East. Or is there someone who's going to be pushing like who do you have knocking right at the door? Yeah, I think Ottawa is going to be one of those teams right there. I think the Islanders are never really going to be very far off because of their goaltending. I think the Florida Panthers could have a really good second half of the year once Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour are back. I still think the Panthers are not a very well-balanced and constructed roster. I'm not a believer in their defense core, and I think it's bottom five in the league without those guys. December 15th is a long way off. You hope that those guys are quick healers, but both of us have the Panthers being out. I thought that was a bold take having them out. Apparently not. I've seen a handful of predictions from around the league. It almost feels like now they're becoming the sexy, leave them out. Ooh, look at my rankings. But I just, again, the injuries I think are too much. I I don't know if you can trust Sergei Bobrovsky to be that guy again for a full season. There's just, there's too many reasons why I think the Panthers could stumble. It's not like we're cherry picking little tiny parts of their roster, right? 
So where do you fall on teams like the Caps? And I mean, so it's Caps and Sens are the kind of the only other East teams that I think might even kind of be in the consideration. Yeah, like the problem I have with the Caps is like, sure, they should be healthier this year, but they didn't go out and get better this offseason, Frank. Like it's still... I mean, maybe Kemper can drag them and keep them in the fight, but I just don't see enough on that roster. Yeah, I'm with you. And I would also say on top of that, not only did they not really improve, there's still major question marks about the guys that they have on their roster. Kuznetsov, what are you getting out of him on a night-to-night basis? What's up with um, you know everyone saying, oh, Nicholas Backstrom healthy? Brian McClellan was really clear their GM at the end of the year saying he might be healthy, like he might physically be able to play but he seems to be a shell of himself as a skater given that hip resurfacing surgery. So that's been pretty significant development. Anthony Mantha is a guy that you you just, what's he, what's, how's he helping you? What's he doing? So um, to me, I look at all those things and I'm like, man, those are like three big holes on your team that could crater and a team that was filled with injury last year. John Carlson needs a big bounce back year. What happens with all these guys that they have on defense that they essentially just brought back and kept that weren't lighting the world on fire? Yeah. All right, we've gone a little bit long on this one. We got our pal Luke Gazdick coming up with the players' room in a few minutes. But first, Frank, let's knock a couple of awards previews out of the way. One of your bold predictions was centered around the Vesna Trophy and the guy you see at the bottom of the screen here. Thatcher Demko, he's a bit of a long shot to win this award. Why do you like him as your pick? He's not even in the top five on the odds board. Yeah, which is just makes it even juicier. Um, look, I think all these guys that are top five on the odds boards are all fantastic guys that you can kind of rest your head on the pillow every night, knowing that your team is going to be in the mix and can compete. UC Soros might single handedly drag the Preds there. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But I would say with Thatcher Demko, if you really study his numbers and you talk to people that know him, you talk to the team, you talk to you know, people that see him put in the work day in and day out, not only was he not healthy last year and not even close, this summer was the first one that he's had in a few where he was finally able to get the rest that he needed and enter camp fully healthy with a game plan to succeed. 
when Thatcher Demko is on, like the 16 or 18 games that he played at the very end of last season, there's there's few guys in the league that are better. He had a 920 save percentage to close out the year for the Canucks. So I like Demko uh, as a as a long shot choice. I I think he's he's got everything that you need in order to be in that same category of goaltenders. And if you're taking you know the sort of top five, top six guys that you're talking about, I'd have Thatcher Demko like seven. He also hasn't had very much support in front of him because I don't think the Canucks have defended well, and that should change with the changes that they've made on their blue line. Yeah, Ian Cole, Carson Susie should help in that regard. Carson Susie week to week to yeah. start the year hurts. Yeah, it definitely does in Vancouver. Uh, my pick is going to be Jake Ottinger at nine to one. I think the value is pretty solid there. That's a guy on a good team. His traditional metrics are good, and we know this is an award where if you're a goalie on a good team and you have good traditional metrics, it's going to be pretty solid. Um, let's talk about the Jack Adams a little bit, Frank. Another one where you had a bold prediction about this one. This time, your guy is on the odds board. Look at that. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, I had Jay Woodcroft uh, winning the Jack Adams. And people would say, well, why is that a bold prediction? The answer is because historically, if you look at this award, it almost always goes to a guy every year whose team has had a big turnaround. And it seems like the coaches that have some of the very best players in the world, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, for example, they get penalized because the answer is always seemingly from voters, well, you should have a good year. You should be a good coach if that's the case. But let me remind you that the Edmonton Oilers were not a playoff team when Jay Woodcroft took over on February 10th, 2022. They went to the conference final that year. This past year, disappointing second round result to the Vegas Golden Knights. But I think a team where it's go time, spending some time with him, uh, and and I've really gotten a chance to get to know him over the last couple of years, he's got this like Zen master quality to him that I think is really important for a team with so much in the way of expectations this year. Never really seems to be rattled and pretty well uh, studied and calm, and, and I think he's already made some tweaks to how the Oilers are going to play. You're going to see a little bit of a different neutral zone, and you're definitely going to see a bit of a different defensive zone this year, way more along the lines of a zone defense because this is a copycat league, and last year the Vegas Golden Knights won with it. I'm going to give you a long shot for this one, Frank. This award sometimes is a little narrative-driven, no narrative about a coach coming in is going to be greater than Ryan Huska's impact in Calgary. I think if they get in, it's very easy to be like, oh, look, Daryl went out. Huska came in. Big culture change. The coach made a huge difference. 29 to 1, Frank. 29 to 1. That's so juicy. I'm all over the Huska train. You, you know what is funny about that is that that would make it the second Calgary Flames coach in three years to win the Jack Adams because it didn't last very long. It's the kiss of death. Uh, Daryl Sutter, I think, coached different after winning that uh, two years ago. Yeah. All right. We are we we went very long on our words. We got so many takes, Frank. It's early in the season, though. That happens. Uh, let's get to our big segment today. It's our pal Luke Gazdick in the players' room. Our big segment, as always, is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Six-game NHL slate tonight. I'll have some picks later on in the show. But first, let's get to Luke Gazdick. He was uh, working on the broadcast up in Canada for the triple header last night. And let's start with that Connor Bedard debut, Luke. I want to pick your brain on this from a few different perspectives. First, how you thought Bedard performed last night. But also, you have a unique perspective because you were in the locker room when Connor McDavid came into the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers. 
And you also had a chance to chat with Nick Felino the other day on your podcast about the culture they're trying to set in here in Chicago. So what are your thoughts on how Chicago's taken that approach of surrounding him with good veterans? Yeah, it was a fun night in the studio last night, boys. And from a strictly hockey perspective, man, did he look good. I think it took him a couple shifts to get going. He, You could tell the pace he had never really seen before. It was like nothing that the preseason had shown him. Uh, there were a couple shifts early where you could tell he was a little tentative, but once he started feeling it, you could see he started picking up the feet. He started getting a little more confidence. I think I even felt bad about it last night, talking about the face-offs on TV. Like that's something that I watched, and I think a lot of us watch young centers struggle with. Leon was the one I talked about in Ed, in Edmonton that struggled with it. Connor struggled with it when he was young, and that'll come with you know growing and size and confidence. But I just loved his confidence with the puck. He's I, I mentioned the shot attempts a hundred times because I just love it, man. That's one of his best attributes. And every time he gets over the line, he's thinking shot first, but. It was almost the respect that the pens were showing him too. You can see like he's creating space for everybody around him. And it's certainly going to be a fun year to watch him. I love that addition of Felino. Like I understand that they have to insulate him with some of these guys. And you can even tell in his post-game interview, he's sitting there on the bench and he said, Felino said something pre-game about the kids playing their first game. It's only going to happen one time. So you can already kind of tell the influence he had he's had on him. I, I remember having Connor come and he actually lived at our house too. He came to live with us as well. And uh, I, I see them as being a little different. Connor was a little more shy and reserved and um, not saying anyone was, you know, better than the other, but Connor Bedard just looks like, I don't know. He just has such a good head on his shoulders, but with the Felino ad and the Perry ad and even Halsey, even Taylor Hall in there has just spoke, you know, really, really fondly of him. And and has played with a lot of number one overall picks, but yeah, from a hawk, from a straight hockey perspective, guys, he looked good last night. Yeah, he did. And, um, you know, it was kind of amazing Luke being in the building last night because as the Pittsburgh Penguins go to their power play, and this is who Connor Bedard gets a taste of in his first NHL action, I'm like, holy smokes, you've got Norris Trophy winning 100-point defenseman Eric Carlson quarterbacking it. You've got Hart Trophy winner Evgeny Malkin on the other side, and then Sidney Crosby out there on more Hart Trophies, more Art Rosses. You're talking about three bona fide first ballot hall of famers on one power play. And so I was sitting there thinking Eric Carlson going to be fascinating to see how he, you know, molds with this group, but how do you think he'll fit? And, and is his addition enough to get this penguins team back into the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, this is all we were talking about backstage last night, how he's getting all the PP one reps. I watched the game when they were out in Nova Scotia and they tried that two pronged approach with, with Latang and him on the power play. And I mean, there's only one puck out there, right? So it just, that, that didn't really work. I, I can't believe there's not going to be some animosity there. Like I know there, these guys are all veterans and they've been in the league for a long time and they know what it takes to win, but Tang are going from PP one reps for the last 15 years, call it. And then Carlson come in and just taking them right away. I just, I don't know if that would sit too well with someone. It's like, there's only one puck out there, like I said, and I don't know, they just seemed a little off last night. It's a veteran team that's going to get over this hump quickly, but 
I don't know. They 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 weren't they didn't look too good last night, especially on the power. I thought Sid was great, especially on the D side of the puck, but they got some work to do. I, I still see them as, you know, making improvements here and and having the oldest team in the league. You gotta think about injuries if they're gonna be a factor, but I don't know. Adding a Norris trophy winner and a guy like Carlson should put you over the hump, hypothetically, but I don't know how this whole situation is going to work with all these guys uh, in the dressing room. And uh, it, it's going to be a fascinating situation to watch this kind of sit, uh, this team in, in Pittsburgh play out. One word answer. Are they a playoff team this year? Yes. All right. Uh, let's head out West Luke. The Edmonton Oilers begin their season tonight. A lot of people pegging them as a team that can come out of the West team that can obviously win their division in the regular season. There's a lot of hype around this Oilers team this year. Is this group capable of living up to that hype? Yeah, there's a lot of hype, but rightfully so, man. Like, you guys know how much I love the addition of Connor Brown. You kind of swipe him out for Kyler Yamamoto. Brownie might be good for 30 this year if he does the right things and goes to the net and wins puck battles. I think it's understated how much Matias Ekholm is going to help the blue line for a full year here. You see how much he helps everyone that he's paired with, but also the D as a whole in kind of taking some of those hard minutes and sheltering some of those uh, younger players. You got to think they're going to dangle that first rounder here towards the deadline, maybe pick up Ty, you and me were talking about maybe like a Nick Dowd down the line here, but I just, I see a look in Connor and Leon's eyes that I had not never seen before here. And it's, it's a singular goal in winning a Stanley cup. And it's like, nothing is, is going to stop them. Goaltending to me is the issue if you want to call it, but I don't know. From what we've seen from Soup in the preseason, I'm hoping for a huge bounce back year for them. If they're going to have any success whatsoever, it's got to be both of them. It can't be a starter and it can't be a one and a two. It's got to be a 1A, 1B. If one guy's not going or if he has a bad start, the other one's got to pick him up. But guys, if they can even get above average goaltending from this tandem, I mean, it's it. this is the year for them to to bring that cup back to Edmonton. I honestly think so. I love Leon calling the cup or bust because you got to set, set expectations high to start. Luke, this was awesome, man. We look forward to chatting with you every week on the show throughout the year. Yeah, this is going to be great, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Frank, moving along to our hashtag AskDFO inbox question. Our pal Barra is in the YouTube chat. If you're over in that. Of course YouTube he is. Chat, hey, Barra. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button as always. He wants to know, is it playoffs or bust? Is that a fair label for the Columbus Blue Jackets? And is there a chance if things go off the rails, Yarmo Kekalainen doesn't make it through this season? Barra's question, not mine. Yeah, uh, of course, there's a strong chance. Uh, this team needs to show market improvement, but... To go from 58 points last year to a playoff team, like that's a pretty tough ask. You're talking about a 38-point improvement. Can teams do it? Yes. Uh, is this Blue Jackets team strong enough, deep enough? You hear, you already heard uh, Pascal Vincent sort of saying, Ken Johnson, not ready, not there yet. Like They've got a long way to go, and I think that was a good reminder. Yeah, you mentioned the Boston Bruins. They could give up 18 wins and still be a playoff team. If you add 18 to the wins to the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's still almost not enough. It just makes the task and the jump seem insurmountable at this point. But I mean, not can really I, mind. Can I add a personal aside? Sure. Since we were talking about this earlier in the show with uh, 
with Connor Bedard. The next person that calls it no Bucky warmups, please find yourself immediately. <laughs> that's that is a bad one. As far as like hockey speak goes, that's just just slap <laughs> yourself and then find yourself. Uh, speaking of finding yourself, Frank, I found myself on the betting front last night a perfect two and oh thanks to a big pair third of, period. Oh, a couple of big third periods. The overs were looking like they were well in trouble to say the least heading into the final frames, but Nashville, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Chicago, all come through Nikita Kucherov fires off five shots on goal comfortably hitting the over. And I got two plays for tonight, both centered around Canadian teams. Let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are in, or they're taking on the Montreal Canadians and listen, Ilya Samsonov getting the start, the Leafs on home ice. I know this Habs team is going to be scrappy and a tough out and all of that good stuff. But on opening night, I like the Toronto Maple Leafs to cover the puck line. Minus 118, not the juiciest bet in the world, but I like the Leafs to get off on the right foot this evening. And in the Edmonton-Vancouver game, I'm not picking a side. I'm not picking a total. I'm betting on the best power play in NHL history. Taking a look at these odds here, no value on McDavid. I think it's a bit of a risk going with guys like Nuge and Hyman. But I love, and you could pick between Dreisaitl and Bouchard. I honestly think they're both decent plays at those prices, plus 130 and minus 130. I'm going with the safe bet, though. Leon Dreisaitl is my pick. This Oilers power play was looking good in the preseason, toying with the opposition like they always do. I think they'll get off to a good start. Dreisaitl to grab a power play point at minus 130 is my second play of the night. Frank, what do you think about that? Oilers power play get off to a good start? Yeah, I mean, death taxes and the Oilers scoring power play goals. And... I saw a prediction out there, Evan Bouchard, 95 points. Like I would, I think that's high. I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the 80s, though. Yeah, I was chatting with a uh, former NHLer Carter Hutton yesterday on uh, my Oilers Nation show, and he said 80 plus for Bouchard is one of his bold predictions. Let's wrap up the show with a little garbage time, Frank. There's one big moment from last night we didn't touch on, and it's the Vegas Golden Knights raising their Stanley Cup banner to the rafters at T-Mobile Arena. Doing it in a way that only the Vegas Golden Knights would. A massive slot machine. Mark Stone gets to take the pull. And you'll eventually see the three Stanley Cups pop up there. I thought Vegas, as they always do, knocked it out of the park with this celebration. So good. Um, but at the same time, I got a bit of a chuckle. I never, I don't know if this was like an accurate story or whatever, but I remember when the Golden Knights were coming into the league, there was talk that the NHL didn't want them to be called the Aces because like, oh, we don't want to be tied that close to gambling. And now you fast forward and it's, this like a giant slot machine raising a stanley cup banner it's hilarious to think how it's come along in the last six years yeah but i also love that they've leaned into everything that kind of their city is known for and and um they've hit the mark in every single thing that they've done whether it's icing a really competitive team from the jump whether it's their presentation atmosphere in the arena uh, a beautiful practice facility like there is like really not one thing the golden knights have had a misstep on maybe you could argue with the way that they you know kind of threw out some players along the way to try and find the right mix but I'm not going to penalize anyone for being ruthless, as they say, or as not as I say, as one NHL GM says, if you want loyalty, get a dog. Um, in this case, banners fly forever. And so uh, that slot machine, perfect. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, there you go. That is a wrap on today's edition of the show. There, We covered a lot of ground today, Frank, and we got more coming tomorrow. And more coming this afternoon. If you head over to our Facebook page at 4 o'clock Eastern, Frank and I are going to be doing an exclusive Q&A only on the Daily Faceoff Facebook. I'll be the one hosting. I'll be the moderator, which means if you want to ask Frank whatever the hell pops into your head, 
I'll probably forward it his way because I have no shame. Uh, Frank, are you excited to do a little Q&A this afternoon? I can't wait. Uh, be curious to see what kind of beauties we have on our Facebook page. Yeah, it should be good. So again, 4 o'clock Eastern over on the Daily Faceoff Facebook page, a little season kickoff Q&A with our guy, Frank Saravalli. Big shout out to everyone in the YouTube. We hope to see you on the Facebook later today. And uh, we'll chat again tomorrow, noon Eastern on Daily Faceoff. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.